Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the penultimate episode of our mini series, Let's Talk About. So far, we've covered Eddie Howe, Joe Linton, Callum Wilson, Miguel Almiron, Jamal Lascelles, and St. James's Park. Today, we're going to focus on a position in Newcastle United's team, and that is the centre midfield. Eddie Howe has a dilemma to choose when it comes to the Nottingham Forest game on August the 6th. John, it is an oversubscribed position, to say the least. Yeah, very much so. I mean, who would have thought, if we go back exactly one year ago to this time before last season started, who would have thought that our two nailed-on midfielders would be Joe Linton, who was then a centre-forward and Steve Bruce was manager, and Bruno, for that matter, because he didn't arrive until halfway through last season. Uh, so that is how much the situation's changed in Newcastle, because I do believe that Joe, as things stand now, and we can only talk about that, because where are the signings going to come? As things stand now, Joe Linton and Bruno are nailed on for me for two positions, the two Brazilian boys, <coughs> Excuse me, and the two gets the third, and that is the interesting situation, because it's possibly the most difficult situation for Eddie Howe to resolve. Yes, he's got to decide three out of two for centre defence. Yes, he's got to decide outside right between Fraser Almir and perhaps a new guy. Uh, but the real difficulty is when you look at the third midfield position. I think a lot of people, John, would pick John Joe Shelby to start in that deep lie in midfield role but he did pick up an injury in the midweek friendly against Benfica and like last season it seems to be a muscle injury we're waiting on confirmation about the severity of it but last season he did miss a lot of games through injury through calf issues and you do wonder with his age whether these injuries are going to make it difficult for him to hold down a start on 11 place and of course from his point of view that can only be a bad thing when it comes to his chances in the starting eleven, oh, very much so because it's a it's a huge season coming up. I think for all the, the uh, competitors in this race to get in the side. I mean, I think if we took injuries apart and looked at at Shelby, Joe Willick, and Sean Longstaff, that Eddie Howe, everybody fully fit and match sharp, and that's an emphasis for the start of the season, he would probably go with Shelby, who he's uh, touted up, who is skipper on occasions, etc., etc., and, and who um, he made an immediate impact upon when he first came to the club. How? Uh, I think that possibly John Joe Shelby, everybody fit and razor sharp would get his nod, but it isn't necessarily going to be like that on opening day at all. And so there is a, a major question mark. And on the news that Shelby's close to extending his stay at Newcastle United, do you think people at the club are happy with that? Or do you think they're looking at it and wishing that that clause wasn't in his current deal to help him extend his stay at Newcastle? D- d- that's a good little point. I know it's certainly got Newcastle United fans split. They would look at it and say, oh, darn it. Do we want the guy to be here for another year after this contract finishes? If you're the manager, you can do without it. However much you rate John Joe, you do not want a fate accompli thrust upon you when you want maybe to go in the transfer market. Because with only three games to trigger this extra year, it is absolutely inevitable 
that that will happen. It's too small a number of games. Of course he'll play those games, and of course he'll get an extension of his contract, and of course Newcastle can't do anything about that because um, it's written into his current deal before Eddie came. But, I mean, I think Eddie rates the lad, and um, it'll be interesting because... You look at Shelby and what's going from, you look at Joel uh, Willick, who before last season was the greatest thing since sliced bread when he'd been on loan in Newcastle. And you look at Sean Long, Longstaff hanging in there. And may I also mention, you look at Elliot Anderson, who's got a real future. I'm not necessarily talking with Elliot about August the 6th, because I think that would come too soon for him. But you talk about the future at the club in the midfield and he has got to come into thought. So there's certainly three for one position on opening day and there's four to come into consideration in the middle midterm rather than long term. Just sticking with Shelby, in previous episodes you, you've mentioned frustrations when it comes to the likes of Alan yeah. Max from not realising the true potential that, that the lad's got. Is Shelby another one that maybe falls into that bracket? Because on his day, there was arguably not a better pass of the ball in the Premier League. He's a very, very frustrating player for me. I think he's different to Miggy and some maximum because they're at a stage where they can still get better um, because time is on their side. Uh, Shelby, 30 He's not going to get any better. He may get fitter, uh, but he's not going to get any better. And he frustrates me because the pluses of Shelby's his passing range, short and long, is terrific. Uh, his vision in being able to see a player and and bring him into play, um, his vision is terrific. And around set pieces, whether they're corners or free kicks from the box, is excellent. But he has minuses to his game. Getting round the pitch, he doesn't find that easy. Uh, a lack of pace. And and that often shows when he's tracking We've seen, back. though, haven't we, under Eddie Howe? We've seen this with a lot of players. Their fitness has just improved unbelievably well. And Shelby's one of those who we are seeing him getting around the pitch a little bit more. He's got a bit more stamina about him. He's had yeah. a, a good a good preseason as well, away from the club. You know, again, once again, he's he's putting the extra effort to try and make sure he's ready for this season. It's just unfortunate this injury. Fingers crossed, sure. it's not sure. it's not a sure. long term one has hit him. I mean, uh, on, when you think of the way Steve Bruce went about training, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you think the way Eddie Howe does, the two extremes. Uh, Eddie Howe is. 110%, it's high pressing, which you've got to be fit to press high. There's absolutely no question about that. If you get sluggish teams trying to press high, it's a joke because teams will just play through them. It's a, you've got to be fit to press high. And Shelby was the first to say that in one of the interviews he's done during the build-up to the season. He said you either buy into the stats of Eddie Howe or you're out the door, because that's the way it is. And he spent a month in Turkey on his Somalders, leaving the missus by the pool with the kids while he worked out with his, with his personal trainer to get himself super fit. I mean, there was people that said while when he was first unveiled in Austria that, you know, he almost looked anorexic, bless him, that he looked um, as if he, you know, he'd, he'd overworked himself physically, um, and perhaps taking away some of his strength. But 
Yeah, I mean, two of his problems, he is much fitter, he will get round the pitch, but better, but he, what you can't put into him, you can't put his wonderful range of passing into other players. That's something you've either got or not. Equally, you can't put pace into a player. You can put fitness into a player, but you can't put pace. And he hasn't sometimes got the pace if he loses the ball or the, the, somebody goes past him and he's got a track back. He's not the quickest. Discipline then comes into his problem because he's got a problem with discipline. He'll, he'll lose it upstairs. He'll have. He'll go into a haze. He'll snap into a tackle. It's a walking yellow card or a walking red card. That can be a problem for him as well. Um, as he has said, quite open, because he's often quite open about what he's done. He says that on ability, he would put his ability against anybody. And I know what he means. He's talking about the range of passing. Nobody's got a range of passing like his. But on work rate, on fitness, on high pressing, on other parts of the game, that's where he becomes vulnerable. And I mean, we forget how long he's been here. I mean, he, he, he signed for us in January 2016. Steve McLaren was the manager. How long ago is that? I mean, thankfully, I've forgotten about Steve McLaren. Um, but Steve McLaren was the manager. He's been here six and a half years, and he's just about to trigger an extra year onto what he's already got at the moment. So he is a huge long seller, a uh, long server for us. 183 Premier League games, 16 goals. Um, 196 games all in all competitions, 18 goals. He, I think, as I say, if he was razor sharp fit, and that's a huge question, there's a lot of difference between being fit and being razor sharp. For example, if he doesn't play significantly in the two matches this weekend, the back-to-back -back matches, and everybody's only going to play in one of them, really, not in two, then how sharp is he for the opening day? Um, I think he would squeeze the vote if he was razor sharp fit and everybody was. As it is with his fitness, he will be challenged. Who will he be challenged most by in Willick and in, in, in Longstaff? I would possibly think Longstaff. Mm, I would say as well. And yeah. We'll get on to Longstaff in a moment, but you mentioned Shelby's discipline there. I think everyone probably remembers the Spurs game when he comes off the bench and gets himself sent off and everyone's thinking that's, that's him done now. Eddie Howe's not going to accept that. But again, we go back to just that magic touch of Eddie Howe. I do think Shelby's discipline's improved. I think there was times in games last season where I thought Shelby Vold would have stuck a boot in and totally missed the ball, got himself sent off. You know, but he he just seemed to have matured under Eddie Howe. Oh, I think. I, I think a lot of players have. And by the way, at about thirty, it's about time he matured. Um, I think a lot of players have. One of the things that I think with John Joe the producers. Uh, a disciplinary record that's not good is that if he loses the ball or if somebody goes past him he hasn't got the legs to get back so sometimes it's purely a missed time tackle he tries to get there he knows that in another two steps the guy will be out of his range so he dives in at the last minute and that's a booking and that's a problem for John Joe and the other thing that comes into question when it, about John Joe and if he, he starts we know he drops deep people kind of call him the quarterback and he'll, yep. he'll pick that Hollywood pass and it doesn't always come off. When it does, it's it's magical. When it doesn't, it's frustrating. But you're going to potentially have two centre-backs who can play with the ball at their feet. Let's say they start with Botman, okay, he's not the best with the ball at his feet, but he can pick a pass. We saw it in a, 
against yeah. uh, who was it, 1860 Munich with a fantastic cross ball, cross field ball to Kieran Trippier. And let's say if he starts with Fabian Cher, who we know with the ball at his feet can pick a pass like the best of them. Uh, does Shelby dilute that threat from Botman and Cher if they start? Or do you just say, well, there's nothing wrong with having three great passes of the ball in a team. No, there isn't. There isn't certainly. And what what is interesting about Shelby, in from my point of view, when he's in the team, he dictates how others play because he he prefers to sit deep, and because he can sit deep and still hit the forward players because he can hit sixty yard passes that other people can't. So he sits deep, but he dictates where other players play around him. And if you want Bruno to be the goal threat that he was last season, then Shelby in the side allows Bruno to go forward. If, for example, Shelby didn't play and Willock played, Willock has to go forward. That's his game. So Bruno would rather sit deeper in the Shelby role. So he will dictate where, where Bruno plays and where effectively Bruno is. If he's in the team, Bruno will play around the edge of the box. If Willock's in the team instead of Shelby, Willock will be the one that gets forward. He's got to be because that's his game. And Bruno will sit because Bruno can sit or sit more. So he's going to dictate what happens with Bruno as well. Mm. Let's go on to Joe Linton. Now, we have already done a Let's Talk About episode on Joe Linton. And I'll pop that episode into the description of this podcast. So we'll not focus too long no, on, on Joe no. Linton because I think we both agree, John, he is going to start. If fit and ready Absolutely. to go, he will be no second or third name He's on that team. Right. He's earned that right. Uh, he did get sent off against Benfica. What I have loved this pre-season watching the games, and for most people, it's just a friendly, but I did see a tweet today which basically said, Joe Linton doesn't have the word friendly in his vocabulary because I have watched the you know the games, I've watched the, the videos the club have put out with when they've gone go-karting or they've been playing volleyball in the pool and Joe Linton's been forced to get into the pool as a uh, as a forfeit and he's not liked it at all he's not like finishing third going go-kart he's just really feisty and he's really he just looks like he's got all this uh... it's incredible to think we're, we're talking and you're absolutely right by the way you're 100% right but I find it amazing to be talking about Joe Linton being completely feisty etc etc when I remember the centre forward who in the box was anything but feisty. Mm, he was timid. He looked like he wouldn't yes, say a I mean, to a goose. Are we talking about the same guy? Yes, we are. It's a quite, quite, quite amazing, isn't it? It is. The, the change. But, I mean, well, this is going to be the end of the conversation, Andrew Lennon. He starts, doesn't he? He's in. Oh, he starts and Bruno starts. I mean, there's two straight away. Uh, and you're talking about August the 6th. Yes, if Bruno, if, if Joe Linton went from August the 6th to Christmas playing poorly, it's a... It, would be a different ball game, but that is so with every player. But there's no question that two of the first on the team sheet for August the 6th, all things being equal, i.e. being fit, would be Bruno and Joe Linton without a shadow of doubt. He just looks like he's also spent a lot of time in the gym as well. He was already a big guy, wasn't he? But he looks, he just looks barely bigger built. He looks like his shoulders have, you know, are up a bit and he just looks like he's going to run rings around yeah. Premier League uh, the defences this, this year. Okay, let let's forget about him and Bruno because they are the business. Who plays alongside him? Well, let's 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 just I just let's have a word on 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 Gemaresh because he's been again a breath of fresh air, and it leads into a question which does affect Shelby Longstaff 
and Willick. And it's all about levels. It's all about where Newcastle go sure. to next. And they have been linked to players like Pequeta, Gomez's good mate. They've been linked to Tielemans from, from Leicester, amongst other centre midfielders. And I do wonder if Bruno's arrival and how good he's done, the quality he's got on the ball, has it set the bar to where Newcastle fans want to go to next? And is it kind of an unrealistic expectation to think, you know, the next person to come in is going to be as good as him? Because a, a player of his quality who wants to come to Newcastle at this stage in the development, that's a rarity. Yeah, I mean, that was a wonderful signing by the club and a wonderful show of faith by Bruno when he joined us because we were in the bottom three and going down when he came here. But he must be the bar. Newcastle have got to sign... At the end, a year after he come, if he's still the standout player at Newcastle, some of the signings have failed, mine. Because others have got to be as good as him. If we are going to go from the bottom three to where we fit around 13 and then go from 13 to around 9 or 8 and then in the top six, then Bruno, once we are in the top six, Bruno isn't outstanding. He's, he's the level. Um, he's still a wonderful, wonderful player. But there's others around him of that level. There's got to be. So on that, that he is the level... Do you think that plays into the mind of Joe Willick, John Joe Shelby and Sean Longstaff and they look around and they go, okay, we're Premier League players, but that fella is something different. And they know, Shelby's referenced it in, in, in interviews uh, last season after the takeover, that they, they know where the club's going. He knows yeah, what's I was to going come to say, the corner. It, bet, it better register with them because if it doesn't register with them, they're going to be yesterday's news very, very quickly because they're going to be overtaken by, act... by new signings. Um, I mean, Shelby has recognised how good Bruno is, but, and I'm pleased about this, Shelby believes his ability is as good or better than anybody else's ability in Newcastle United right now. I'm talking about his passing ability. I'm not talking about his minuses. And good for him that he's got to think like that, um, but, he's, but he also is aware of the danger. You don't do what you did in the summer taking a personal trainer out to Turkey for one month and working every day in the gym and with a personal trainer while the missus sits by the pool with the kids. You don't do that if, you'd, if you're if you not thinking to yourself, I can get swallowed up if I don't watch what's happening because this club's going one way. And that is the greatest example. Longstaff has got to continue because he was third in the three-horse race initially with the, uh, with the other two who's got to continue. And the man that's got it all to do again is young Willock because he came here with a super reputation uh, and a super goals record on loan and then last season was nowhere near what the previous half season was. So he's got to come again and he's got to come up again. We've got to remember as well when Gimaresh signed, you know, Willock, Joe Linton and Shelby kept him out of the side for a good sure six weeks. So they yeah. proved they can get up to a level. I do wonder if that was kind of them just reacting and that's a short-term you know, boost to, to, to And it was levels. also very convenient for Eddie who wanted to show Gimmerash what the Premier League was about and what the pace is and, what, and introduce him slowly so he come chomping at the bit when he come into the side. That was like you know, turning the tide, isn't it? You know, that's like King Canute. It, it wasn't going to last. You weren't going to keep Bruno out the side forever. Uh, and so it's turned out to be. On Joe Willick, Shelby, 
Julian and, and Longstaff, we were talking about levels. We're talking about maybe where Newcastle are in a year, and if Gomesh is still the, the outstanding, outstanding yep. player, then somewhere something's gone a little bit wrong. If in a year's time, Newcastle's midfield, the options are still Gomesh, Shelby, Longstaff, Willick, and uh, Joe Linton, and then one other. Is that how, how how do you rate that? Is that is that a good thing? Would that be a bad thing? I think the the midfield has got to be addressed that third that third position. Where the guys who are trying to get into that position right now have got a little bit of a breather, and the most who's going to come out the pack and take advantage of that is that I believe Newcastle will concentrate at the moment and they will buy where the opportunity arises, but they'll concentrate on the centre-forward and the right-winger. So, yes, they want the midfielder, but that might be third choice in the pecking order. Mind, if only a midfielder comes available, boom, they take him and that's it. But they've got a chance for one of these three to come through and say, you know what, you saw what happened with Joe Linton. Look what happened with Joe Linton now, and look what happened with Emil Kraft, a new contract, because when he was looking as if he'd be thrown out the club. Um, so there is an opportunity for one of them to come out the pack and say, we don't need another midfielder. I'm your midfielder. Whether they're capable is quite another matter. It's interesting you mention Emil Kraft, and the question before about expectation, the reason I sort of asked it was because there were a few comments when that contract was announced, like, okay, I saw one tweet, was like, oh my God, I'm worried now. And I'm just thinking, you know, some fans maybe have, have overshot themselves in, in, in terms of what to expect this summer, what to expect yeah. in the first 18 months. I think it's a great it's a great news that he has got that deal. Um, so that was the reason I asked that question. But just on... And, and the, the point is, just on that thing, Andrew, and, and the fans' reaction to it, what we've all got to remember and we're all basically fans, what we've all got to remember is this isn't an 11-man game. It's a 25-man game, and we've got to fill in the other positions. Now, you're not going to get a superstar right back that's going to come and, and be willing to sit on the bench, and if he takes a place at Trippier, you're not going to get Trippier sitting on it. You've got to have a balance. You've got to have players who will sit on the bench, know that's their regular position, but when called upon for injuries or suspension, can come in, or as a sub, can come in and do a job. And Kraft fits into that perfectly. Mm. Just going back one final time to the word levels there. Mm. Do you think any of those players who are currently vying for a position in that midfield can reach the level, the platform that Gummer is on, on, not saying they're going to be as good as him, but I'm talking about you know that great, level, great, that floor. Do you think any of them can? Great, great question. Um, there's no doubt before Bruno come that it was fully expected that Willick would do that. I still that, think he can. That's why there's 20 million. Oh yeah, you can't, you can't uh, write him off yet, but... There was £20 million spent on him because, you know, when he came to us on loan, I mean, when you, when you look at it, he scored in six successive Premier League games. He, he was the youngest fella ever to do that and beat the record of Lukaku. Then, on the last day of that season, he scored for the eighth successive game and equaled the club record of Alan Shearer. Now, this is a, a young kid, a young Cockney kid, a midfielder coming up here from Arsenal and beating the record of Lukaku and equaling the record of Shearer, two centre-forwards of massive 
potential and ability and certainly Shearer and Lukaku, in fairness. And 20 million was spent on him, but we did it badly when in those days. We brought him up. He's a kid, a cockney lad, used to that surroundings, had been at Arsenal since he was eight. We'll bring him up here. He's going to be lonely. All his pals are living in London. That's his environment. And what do we do? We stick him out in the sticks. We stick him out in rural Northumberland to live because we don't want him living in Newcastle in case he hits the nightclubs. Now, that is the daftest decision I've known since we signed Andy Cole and sent him to Crook, uh, to live in Crook. Now, I've got nothing against Crook, I isn't had, before loads of people come out the woodwork and have a dip at it. But you get a lad coming to a club that doesn't know Crook. Now, unless you're, you know, you're, you're wonderful about the environment and wanting another, and you want to live in Almouth because you love the coast now, it's a different ball game, but you've got a young man. Andy Cole was a single lad at the time, etc., etc. In trying to protect them from the vices of a wonderful party city, and that's the reputation of Newcastle. You stick them out somewhere. It is very difficult. Loneliness becomes the the big problem, and it become a huge problem with Willock. And I'm not saying it was the only problem, but this guy went from scoring. Eight goals in 14 games for us on loan to two goals in 29 games last season. A massive difference. He's still got youth on his side. He can still come again. He's got to be encouraged to come again, but he is starting all over. And he's got a point to prove because we are aiming to be where Arsenal are or used to be in the top four. And... They made a conscious decision that Willock was a talented lad, but he wasn't going to get in our side, so we'll get a few quid and we'll spend it somewhere else. Willock has now got to prove that that was a bad decision by Arteta. I can come to a club like Newcastle and be the star I always knew I could be. It is up to him. But at the moment, having come up here for 20 million plus and being the superstar. He was going to be the Bruno. He was scoring the goals that Bruno scored, and he was going to be the Bruno when he signed permanently. He is now, if you like, going. There's, he's one of three going for one position in the centre midfield where he was going to be the star of Newcastle United um, in the immediate future. So he needs a second wind and he needs to come again. And I would suggest right now, as we're talking, out of the three, Shelby, Longstaff and Willock, he's not the first choice. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we saw glimpses towards the end of last season of, of what he can do. I think it's another case of the magic touch of Eddie Howe putting an arm around the shoulder, you know, of Jason Tindall getting to the heads of these players and saying, you, you, you are the best. You, you, you have another level to go to. And, He's one of those, a bit like St. Maximin, a bit like Almiron, I think. Yes, I hope he's got enough arms, Eddie, because there's a lot of shoulders <laughs> he's going to have but, to but, put them around to make them all the, stars. But I, there, there is, and that raises questions about what went before, what the approach was of as a previous manager. We don't want to dwell on that too much, but yes, absolutely it does. But I don't think anyone listening to this podcast will hear us li- list the names of Jamal Lewis, uh, Joe Willick, Miguel Almiron, St. Maximin. And be sat here worried that I think everyone will have faith that Eddie Howe and his staff can 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 give them that magic touch and can take them to the next level because these players have all got real potential. There's a reason Liverpool wanted 
Jamal Lewis. There's a reason St. Maxim's getting linked to Chelsea. There's a reason uh, I'm a big fan of Miguel Almiron. There's a reason Joe Willick was at Arsenal and pushing for that first team place. These are all talented players. And I think it just takes the right manager, the right staff, the right feeling around the club and the squad to, to push them on. And I think Joe Willick is another one who hopefully, I hope, will have a, a good season. For me, I think, um, like you say, he can't get into that three if it is Joe Linton and, and Bruno on starting. But, and um, they will start. Yeah. But I, I do think he's... I do think... Uh, he's he's got so much potential, and he's. I think I, I, I hope he's got a big future at this club. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope uh, I hope Eddie, who's going to have to burn the midnight oil by oil by the time he goes round everybody and gives them a cuddle. That's um, what he's paid for. Well, yes, yeah, but that's what other managers were paid for at Newcastle United, but obviously didn't do it, and we'll go back as far as Steve McLaren, who who was here when we got John Joe. Um, yes, it is, but it's not. And it's a wonderful thought, and you can get a percentage extra. There's no question. Joe Linton's a standout, and Kraft and, and, and various others. But there's only certain uh, times you can do that with certain players, and with a magic one. At the moment, that's all happening for Eddie, and he's new, and he's a breath of fresh air, and it's working. Um, but yes, and there's only a certain length of time as well, Andrew, that you can wait for it to work. Um, from his point of view, before you say, well, do I need a third midfield player? Before you say, do I need a right mm. winger? And it's down to the, the player as well. They've got to step up as well. Eddie oh. can only do so much. Yeah, you've got to want it like, so badly it's untrue. And that's why I also say that while Eddie gets all the credit and deservedly gets a huge amount of credit for what happened to Joe Linton. By Joe, Joe Linton deserves some as well. Because if that had fell on deaf ears, if Joe, Lin uh, Joe Linton had been cynical about, what, I'm a midfielder? No. Uh, and and it hadn't been receptive to what was happening, it wouldn't have happened. Now, for I've just said that, I don't think he will get into that three. Could w Would you sacrifice Bruno Gomes' attacking... Uh, That's a ability. great question. That's Obviously a wonderful he scored, question. He scored quite a few goals last season. Five goals when everyone said he, he didn't know where the back of the net was. Would you move him into that defensive midfielder role and then allow Joe Linson and Joe Willock ahead of him to carry the ball forward to do what they do and allow Joe Willock to essentially show what he can do? Because as you say, we know he can score goals. I wouldn't do it on the first day of the season because I don't think Joe Willock... Is, I think Joe Willock's got to earn that right. I think he's got to earn that right. And quite frankly now, I think Eddie Howe would pick Shelby as his third man in the three if Shelby was absolutely on blob, razor sharp, not just match fit, etc. And if he doesn't, I think he might well go for Sean Longstaff ahead of Willock. But Willock has that opportunity, there's no question. And... As I mentioned when we were talking about Shelby, the key to all this would be Bruno. How far forward Bruno play. You see, the wonderful thing about Bruno, he can play all those positions. He can sit just outside our back four, protect them, win the ball, carry it, and set players on the way. Equally proved, which a lot of people who had seen him previously didn't think he could prove, that he can finish around the edge of the box. And I think you've got to, at this moment go with Bruno 
around the box rather than Willock because Bruno scored five, six goals, whatever it was, last season and half a season, and Willock scored two and 29 last season. So you've got to start with Bruno pushed forward. A lot like there was with Joe Willock after that loan spell. Mm. Is there now an expectation oh, on Bruno Gomeresh that's to the continue fasc- that goal going forward? That's the fascinating thing that I don't think many people are contemplating whatsoever. They're just saying, isn't Bruno terrific? And, that, and he is. But in a way, he's in exactly the position Willock was in. Willock was... When I say an unexpected goal scorer, to score eight successive games, and, you know, I always said when he was doing that, he can't repeat that next season. That is, you know, scoring an eight successive game. We would pay £50 million to buy a centre-forward that could score in eight successive games, and this guy's a midfielder. So it was obviously not going to happen last season to that extent, but we didn't think the fall-off would be so great. I Bruno will not score that number of goals again next season from midfield because clubs have become aware of him. Defenders have come So you don't think he's going to score more than five oh, half a season? In half a season. He did it in half a season. Um, you know, it. It's. I'm not saying he can't. Bruno can do anything. That's how good he is. But it is putting too much on him to say, right, he's our goal scorer and midfielder, he's the fella, we don't get goals from the front three apart from Wilson and Wilson mightn't be there, but that's all right because Bruno will get them. That would be too much and and I don't think for one second that he will do that. But it is, you could say Willock made a rod for his back uh, with with his goal, and to a certain extent, purely as far as goals are concerned, Bruno has. But Bruno's got a lot more about his all-round game than Young Willock had, and will be a star whether he's scoring goals or he's not. Mm. It's going to be interesting though, because we've seen the effect it had on on Joe Willock when he went on that barren run, couldn't score for love no money. So it's going to be interesting to see the expectation of fans on Bruno when it comes to goals and how he how he handles that. I mean, the pre-season... They love him, and he'll handle it. They love him anyway and he'll handle it well because he's more experienced well, and he's got more to his game than just goals. Willick's greatest thing was breaking from midfield and finishing. You take that away and you look at the rest of his game. Bruno has a rest of his game. If Bruno isn't scoring, he'll still be a top player because he's, the rest of his game, winning it, protecting it, nursing it, vision, passing it, he's got most things. Winning fouls, he's brilliant at winning fouls. Oh, because he gets his body between the ball and very the opponent. And, um, very clever. Um, very clever. I was going to say that the pre-season for Gomesh has been he's been quite quite good. He's, he's also got on the score sheet a couple of times. So really interesting one to watch there. Let's move on to Sean Longstaff then. I think a lot of people expected him to leave this summer. I think a lot did, yes. Turned out he got a three-year deal. Eddie Howe seems a big fan of him. That is a big contract. You know, if you're not seriously considering him to be, you know, knocking on the door for the first team. I mean, it's not it's not, it's not, it's not an extended year's deal. It's a, it's a full new deal, three-year contract. It went on for ages to get signed. I think the way he ended the season... I think it was. I think it was already. You know, it was already known that the, the the offer was on the table. But I think the way he ended the season, you know, he was good against Arsenal, wasn't he? I think it probably just uh, reaffirmed that it was the right decision. And I think he he played his way into the first team picture in the mind of a lot of fans. He certainly did with me. I, you know, there was times last season I'm sitting there thinking, you know, it's a nice dream 
to have him in the midfield. Be a nice dream to see him lifting the FA Cup because he's just like you and I, John. Sure, he's a lovely you know, boy, isn't he? Um, but is he good enough? And then the end of the season, the pre-season, he I think he's done brilliantly, well. didn't he? If you go back to when he first got in the team, Under before Benitez, yeah, had, yeah he, had that horrible injury though. He come in, looked terrific. Then he got a bad injury. Then we're looking, and then he's getting submerged, and we're thinking both the long staffs are going to leave this club and. What a shame because of the, you know, the the famous phrase, he's one of our own. Um, and Sean's done exceptionally well to come out of this. I mean, he's played 78 Premier League games now. He's played 95 all in. But he played more games last season than, than Shelby did in all competitions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, the lad has, has got a real chance. Um and it's almost a second chance because he did look as if he'd, he'd go um, to to fans. Um, and Matty certainly will go. Uh, so it will be the one shown, he, uh, the one Longstaff here next season. But his family, they're steeped in the Geordie family. I mean, I knew the, the, the dad, David, ever so well as an ice hockey player. And what a top ice hockey player he was, GB player. I mean, over 100 England caps dad and I got no dad well as a as a hockey player his cousin Alan Thompson Tomo was a wonderful player who I knew well it came through at the same time as Watson and Lee Clark and Robbie Elliott and Alan Thompson went on left Newcastle early eventually went up to Celtic and become a legend at Celtic and got himself a, a single England cap so he comes from a family, a sporting family. I think mum was a netball player. He's come from a sporting family. And it would be lovely if he can come through. And um, yeah, there, there, there's, I mean, he could start on the six. If, if Shelby's not deemed to be physically fit enough and sharp enough, I would he changes could the dynamic, the doesn't it? If he does so, out of the options to play there, I think I, th I think Gimresh would be probably best suited to play in that defensive role. But let's say how does stick Longstaff there and leaves Gimresh and, and Bruno a, a bit more forward change yeah. the the dynamic because I think Longstaff is better at tracking. I think he's better at getting his foot stuck in. Not as good as a passer of Shelby. So it does it does sort of change the way Newcastle will have to approach the game. Can't oh. hit the channels. Sure, I mean, whichever one of the three you play, Shelby, Willock or Longstaff, slightly changes the way the, the Newcastle play and certainly changes the way Bruno will be asked to play. I mean, you can get Longstaff sitting and let Bruno push on. Yes, he's not going to sit in the way that um, Shelby sits, but you're not going to get Willock willingly sitting, um, nor is he possibly capable of doing that. Uh, but Longstaff can put in the hard miles in terms of tracking and sticking his foot in, etc., etc. Um, so, and of course, we're talking about you know you you mentioned Andrew one stage a year's time. Do one of these three, the somebody come out the woodwork from these three and say Newcastle don't need to buy a, a third midfielder because I'm the boy. We Elliot Anderson might come into that situation in a year's time. Uh, where he says I'm the boy uh, I'm going to find him fascinating what happens with him um, I mean you know we talked about it looked as if Longstaff was going at one stage last season that he would be leaving the club it certainly looked a knocking bet that Elliot Anderson would be out on loan again this season um, 
But, I mean, the development of him physically and the confidence he got playing down at Bristol Rovers, I know it was in League Two, but he pulled all the strings to get them up. He could have done without Joey Barton calling him the Geordie Maradona, by the way, because that's something to carry round on your shoulders for the rest of time. And that will be requoted time after time after time after time. Uh, but he could have a real potential here and could have forced his way into being one of the people that's available this season because I think that he needn't even be put into the 25 as a local grown mm. boy of a certain age, you'd probably qualify anyway. I think I'd, if I was Joe Willick, I'd be more worried than anyone else about Elliot Arneson in terms of sure. it's very similar position, very similar yep. kind of uh, sure. players, both with an eye for goal. Longstaff has been speaking this week in an interview in the Times about the impact of Eddie Howe. So let me read you some quotes. He says, we have a fine session at the end of the fine session. A player or a member of the coaching staff has to give a timeline of their life. The gaffer did the first one. He goes through his whole life with pictures and he talks about his family and he got emotional talking about it. He loves his dog and he spoke about that. I came out of the meeting and I was like, wow, how can you not want to play for someone that's willing to basically strip themselves bare and we've known each other for only five or six days. So he's talking about the first time they met, mm-hmm. Eddie Howe. And, you know, he goes on to say, Howe had been at the club for about a week when he came to me and said he hadn't realised I was out of contract in the summer and he helped me through that period. He's the first manager I've ever had multiple conversations with on the phone. Everything he says I trust, everything he tells me to do, I'll do because I believe it's going to make me a better footballer. First question is, John, in the short period they've had working together, has Sean Longstaff become a better footballer under Eddie Howe? Yes, he has, because while he started wonderfully well at Newcastle, he had that injury and he didn't look as if he was going anywhere. The day that the day that Eddie Howe walked into Newcastle United, you would have thought there was a good chance that Sean Longstaff would go at the end of that season. Uh, not because Eddie had walked in, but that's this that's where he was at that time in his development. And it looked I mean, when he first came, we were talking about him going to Manchester United and he was going to be the new Carrick because he played, he was very upright, he played with his head up and he looked a bit like Carrick in style. That's the instant impact he had. Then he slid from that, albeit with an injury which worried me at the time, he slid into just becoming A and other. And now he's come back again. He's still got a lot of work to All three have. Shelby has got to get out of a comfort zone and um, he's realised he's been in one by all the training he's done. He's got to get out of the comfort zone and rescue the rest of his career and make it longer. Willock has got to come again big time because he lost his way last season, is capable of coming again. And Longstaff, the job isn't done, but he has got a lifeline to be able to continue doing it. And um, in a year's time, all three will either disappear or one of the three will have come out the woodwork and, and be an integral part of Newcastle United. Do you think Sean Longstaff can, can reach the levels of Bruno? Who now then there's something because Bruno's a Brazilian international that's capable of doing every part of a midfielder's I, I, I job. I say that because you mentioned there Sean Longstaff's immediate impact linked to Manchester United. People were saying he's on the level of Declan Rice and obviously Declan's Rice career has gone from strength to strength. Longstaff has been hit by a couple of injuries, but 
he's clearly a player with potential. I'm just yeah, thinking, just, has the ball, has, has that chance gone? I just wish people wouldn't quickly. It seems when you get somebody young and he's full of potential and he looks as if he's a player, he's always got to be the next somebody. Elliot Anderson, for example. Elliot Anderson is a, Joey Barton, who should know better, has got him as the Jody Maradona. I know he was trying to boost his confidence. I know he was trying to say that he's good. But Maradona, for God's sake, I mean, you know, that is something to live up to. Uh, and, you know, Elliot should be so lucky. Um, you know, and Longstaff was going to be... Carrick is not Maradona, but he, what a good player Carrick was. And that was something to live up to. And Declan Rice, you know, everybody's... And, of course, in the old days, when I was around, everybody was the next um, George Best. You know, the new George Best, the next George Best. Ryan Giggs actually f became that and managed to overcome it and, and, and live with that. But it it it's an... Oh, I, I shrink when I see it because I think, oh, dear, the young lad doesn't need that on his shoulders because that heightens the expectation of fans, of everybody else. And then he's compared with that. Oh, the mm. kid that was going to be this is not quite as good as that, etc., etc. And that's why Longstaff's probably needed a second wind after the comparisons that were made for him. It is very difficult to say somebody is going to be that good because what we're talking about with Carrick and with Declan Rice, what we're talking about with Maradona and Elliot Anderson is massive. What we're talking about, can he become Bruno? Bruno's going to be better than Bruno is now long term so that it is expecting well I'd rather be the first Sean Longstaff than the, the second Bruno mm, I was just about to say to say that um, do you think the fact the club's been taken over it is destined we hope for big things European football Premier League titles in the years to come that adds as extra motivation for Sean Longstaff now we've heard Shelby talk about the excitement and wanting to be around it we've heard Lascelles say similar but is there an added extra motivation on, on Sean's part because he's a Newcastle United fan at heart? Without a shadow of doubt. Without a shadow of doubt. Because if you don't want to be part of this Newcastle uh, ride, then there's something sadly wrong with you. Because what, do you want to be stuck in mediocrity like we were with, with Ashley? Ashley was here 14 years. That's a player's career gone. If you were here at the start, by the end of it, that's your career gone, 14 years. And not once in that 14 years did it look as if we had a, a great future, a consistent future. Yes, we went to 5-1 season, but we quickly fell back to where we always were. So you've got to be part of that. Had Newcastle United looked as if they had the sort of future they could have right now, had they looked like that, McNeary's, then three Geordies, called Waddle, Beardsley and Gascoigne wouldn't have... They left Newcastle because there was no ambition. Now, Sean Langstaff's a jury. Elliot Anderson's a jury. They can see what happened this time. Waddle, Beardsley and Gascoigne couldn't and, and therefore they left. And, and we lost two of them forever and Beardsley only come back because he saw uh, with Keegan and the entertainers that there was an ambition within Newcastle that there wasn't when he was here originally. So, uh, yes, you've got to want to be part of this. I would think Longstaff and Anderson must be absolutely gagging to be part of what Newcastle might become. 
And that leads us on to another youngster whose career sadly looks like it's going to be over at Newcastle. That is Matty Longstaff, brother yeah. of Sean. Yeah. Eddie Howe spoke last week and, and said they're going to look to get him out uh, for some first-team football. Doesn't necessarily look like they're going to maybe sell him on. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens. There. That was Eddie Howe's words but as well. I mean, we'll wait to and be, see. No, to be truthful, Andrew, it means, let's be harsh, but football's harsh. It means his future, he has all behind him. Because he's only got a year of his contract. If we send him out on loan for a full season, then he's on a free. If we send him on loan to January, is he going to come back having scored X number of goals for somewhere like Mansfield, where he was the last time, and have time to... It's not going to happen for Matty at Newcastle now. Uh, Matty's going to move on. It's a great shame when he scored against Manchester United. He looked to have a real future. But time's overtaken the situation. And, you know, there wasn't anybody like Bruno around in Newcastle midfield when, when Matty was scoring against Manchester United. There is now. It ain't going to happen for Matty. I hope that he has a terrific career, but it isn't going to be at the level that Newcastle are aspiring to, to become. It's not going to be at that mm. level. And I think he is going to move on. Um, and if it's on loan, I don't think it's because they necessarily see a future from here. Everybody's going on loan at the moment. That's the only way we can get them off the, the books, whether it's Kieran Clark, whether it's Hendrick, uh, uh, whether it's Isaac Hayden. They're going on loan initially. And it might be that he goes on loan because if you're the club that wants him, why pay a fee? Take him on loan and say to him, at the end of your loan period with us, we'll sign you on a fee. Mm, yeah, They'll not get a fee from him, no. It's a shame, and that was one of the, the, the other dreams Newcastle fans have or had, like you say, football is is ruthless. And you talk about there, once again, the levels of Bruno Gimaresh. Newcastle have been linked to plenty of other centre midfielders across Europe. The, the main two, Lucas Bequeta, who played with Gimaresh at Lyon. They're really good pals, another Brazilian international. Yuri Tillmans is, a, is another one, Leicester City midfielder, who's been linked. Um, is it a case that if the right player, John, for the right price pops up, you think Newcastle will snap them up or is it a case Newcastle need another midfielder no I, I think I mean long term may well be that they need another midfielder but you know if Newcastle hadn't got another goalkeeper this this summer then they could have gone with Dubovka for one more season before the step up comes but Pope get, became available he was very much in the price range and he's a current England international who will probably go to the World Cup in Qatar. Uh, so they took him. But if they've only got a very limited pot now, I think they've got to produce a pecking order. And way, way, way ahead of anything else in any pecking order for Newcastle United is a centre forward right now. Whether they get him by sticking the door down in getting a quality guy or whether they get him on loan is a way of beating the the fair play situation remains to be seen and more the longer it goes on the more it looks as if it might be on loan but that's my priority not a midfield player right now because if Newcastle could sign a centre forward a winger and a midfield player and had the money had the inclination had the opportunity great but if they're going to have to spend the 40 million they've got or something on one position and take another on loan. Then midfield is the third position they need. Uh, they need sorting, not the first. 
let's say everything though fitted into place, they had the money, they had the chance. What kind of midfielder do you think Newcastle United would sign, given what they've got at the moment, Longstaff, Jolinton, etc., etc.? What kind of midfielder do they need? Do they need someone who can score goals? Do they need a, a Chick Teoti character who can bite at the ankles? He's a little piranha fish. W- w- what would you like to see Newcastle United I would like sign? to see them with a wonderful passer who's more mobile than Shelby. Um, I don't think. I mean, when it comes to scoring goals, you would hope that either Willock or Bruno would do that for you from midfield, score enough like Terry McDermott in the old days or whoever. You would hope that in Willock and Bruno, you've got a midfielder who can go beyond and score you a few goals. Uh, defensive snapper, yeah, you can talk about that. Uh, but a top quality creator on the ball and I'm not trying to end John Joe's career but um, if you got a wonderful wonderful silky passer which Newcastle United have had a history of midfield silky passers if you go all the way back to to Hebe and Tommy Craig and Tony Green and Tommy Cassidy and from the um, from the Harvey side all the way through they've had that sort of player um, and I would like I think that's what I would like to see. But at the moment, I've got my blinkers on and I don't want to see anything bar centre-forward coming over the time bridge mm-hmm. and heading in this direction, not the other direction. So looking then ahead to Nottingham Forest, everyone is fit and everyone is raring to go. Who is in your midfield? I think that Shelby would be in Howe's midfield, which is much more important than my midfield. Uh, but... I'm not certain how fit John Joe's going to be in terms of match sharpness. Not just physically fit. Yes, he is physically fit, but he's not match sharp. So it might well be Sean Longstaff. But I don't think the start is going to be Willock in the on the team sheet to start on the first day. Certainly going to be an interesting team sheet right across the board. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, the three are that close, Andrew, that anybody could come out of those three and establish themselves. Anyone, I think that is the most open, the third midfield position in Newcastle's team for the first month of the season. I, Because that's when the transfer window is still open. I think that is the most competitive or the most difficult to forecast of all the positions, taking the two central de- defenders, the winger and the midfield third player. I think that's the one that's up for grabs. And having just looked at the calendar there, John, it is next weekend, that Nottingham Forest game, which oh, means absolutely. our match preview will be back this time next week. It Don't worry, will. though. We are going to do one final episode of Let's Talk About. And I haven't revealed my pick to John but I'm going to do it now I think we're going to have to do Alan St Maxwell. I think we're going to have to finish on the Frenchman yep. and uh, we're going to have to discuss his future at Newcastle United and, and, and whether he has a long term future at Newcastle United whether he can reach the levels we all expect all know he can do that will be next week's final episode uh, of Let's Talk About we may bring it back during the international break because it has been well received sure. and we've enjoyed it Sure. but the match preview will be back next Thursday and we're looking forward to that for the meantime, thank you guys for tuning in. Do remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and head over to chronicalive.co.uk.